is for sharing, and so is a great story. Welcome to the Kiwi Foodcast, the show where we sit down with chefs, food businesses, food writers, and more to share the stories behind the food they serve. I'm your host, Persan Patel, and this show is brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Let's dig in, everyone. Welcome again to the Kiwi Foodcast. Today, on the show, we have the folks at the Papatoitoi Food Hub. The Papatoitoi Food Hub is a community-driven project that aims to nurture and develop new approaches to food. They run a cafe on site that provides affordable kai to the local community, as well as a range of activities involving garden-to-table programs, cooking classes, and more. Today, we talk to Waikare, Raju, and Chef Michelle about their wonderful mahi, we talk about how various groups in the community can come together to create such projects and why we need more of them, especially now as we begin and hopefully continue to eat and shop more locally. So welcome on the show, everyone. It's nice to have you here. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. So let's start with you, Waikare. Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood? Do you have any early like fun food memories? Um, I guess when I think about, you know, some of the earliest memories I have around food or kai, um, it's with my grandmother, um, and just her house always had a garden, it always had fruit trees, so I always remember just sitting in the fruit trees, picking at all the fruits, you know, which ones are in season, and, you know, always helping Nan get the greens out of the veggie garden for for dinner, so... If when I look back, I think those are the, my fondest and earliest memories around Kai. Okay. And what about you, Michelle? Well, I think for me, I really didn't have a choice. <laughs> uh, I, while I was in my mum's tummy, I think uh, as soon as I came into this world, um, my mum has been born and bred around food back in her homeland in the Cook Islands. Um, so as soon as I came into this world, um, that was part of my life. Um, so I've been born As it and should bred. Be. <laughs> yeah. So I've been born and bred in it. So I didn't have a choice, but I've loved the journey since since then. Okay. And uh, was there anything favourite that you loved eating when you were growing up? Well, I mean, there was one product that my mum would usually make, and that was more of a uh, a survival product, um, which was our Cook Island donuts. Um, so that was always our favourite. Um, usually, it was um, made um, on a day that we went to church. So every time we came home, that was an additional product that we ate with our kai. Okay. So that's one product that we and. For our listeners, could you maybe share how Cook Island donuts are different to normal donuts? Like, I just only just came across Cook Island donuts because I went through a program where someone else was making (laughs) and selling them. And I was like, oh, my God, these are so different than anything else. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's basic ingredients, um, mm. but, you know, coming from, from the Cook Islands, there's 15 different villages. So with those 15 div- different villages, they have their own recipes. So since um, the first time I came across uh, making donuts with my mum, um, she had a huge passion of trying to eliminate, um, I guess, the ingredients that created more fat. Mm. Um, that was changing her oil that she she uses um, and eliminating that. So the difference from the olden days till now is to be able to make a healthier donut. And a Cook Island donut, as you have said, you've tasted, is that we utilise that with so many, um, like we change our donuts into bagels. So yeah. Cook Island bagels, uh, we use it as French toast so we can... And it can be savoury as well, right? And it can Which be is, savory. I think, the biggest difference to like a... Donut in the normal perceptions. Yeah, absolutely. And the best thing about it is that you can actually freeze them. 
Oh, okay. And they come out really fresh. Mm. I wish you hadn't told me that. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Raja? Do you have any early like food memories you can share with us? Yeah, sure do. My uh, my early memories go as far back as uh, well. I was in India. My, uh, come from very humble, modest beginnings and uh, sitting. So to say, mum was a solo mum raising us all. Uh, but what she made sure was that uh, even with those humble surroundings and uh, ability, she would make sure that we all had whatever was happening in the season. And so like we didn't miss out on fruits or vegetables or anything like that. So there was no disparity. She made sure that we had all that was uh, good to nourish us. And she always said some amazing things. This just didn't come as... Uh, as you have to eat this, it's not none of that. But there was always some reasoning behind why you ate what what you ate. Mm. Um, for example, just a uh, quick example was uh, when my sisters were pregnant, she would uh, insist, and, and and in fact after birth she would uh, invariably make um, she would leave out all the other chilies, uh, all the other other forms of pepper out of the food, and and just focus on black pepper because black pepper mm. uh, increases blood vessel uh, blood cells. So. Things like that, you know. And you did she have to have those dirty um, fenugreek laddus? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not dirty, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, taste yeah. really bad. But they're so good for you. They they're, really help with uh, uh, the backache and all of that stuff that comes postpartum. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, being a, being uh, an Indian and, and being raised in, uh, in that surrounding, uh, we always learned and uh, learned to appreciate what you added in the food mm. and, uh, and what amazing goodness that it actually gave to your whole body. Yeah. So that's... Uh, yeah. yeah, and I appreciate what you say there around that fact that there always was a reasoning behind it, Absolutely. and it's kind of that Nan's wisdom or whatever you'd call it. But you know, they've, that's how they've been doing it for years, and there's a reason why you do it that way. <laughs> well, that ties back to how the system has actually fallen apart today. If you take, for example, the whole world is looking at the food. The, the concept of kai is so different today, and people mm-hmm. look at food so differently. Um, food is basically looked at as an object uh, to fill your puku, whereas uh, it's meant to give you life. Um, yeah. So it's not treated as medicine, which is what it is. it actually is. Yeah. So I think it's just going back to basics. And also what I think you said around seasonal ingredients and like eating seasonal. Yeah. I mean, you know, now we're getting like dietitians talking about wanting to eat seasonal. And I find it a bit weird because that's just how I ate in mm. India. You know, it was like my granddad was very like, you only eat fish during this time to this time. And then at this <laughs> time, you for this May, you have mangoes. And in this, yeah. you have this thing. <laughs> Um, and, and this whole concept of just having everything available all the time yeah, right. is actually really new. It's not something that has like how we've grown up to be. Well, it's a capitalist, uh, mm. basically cap- capitalist intervention, really, because if you have everything available every time, then you're basically supporting that market to be selling everything all, all through the year rather than when it's actually available fresh. And it's all uh, doesn't also uh, re- restrict people in many ways that if you knew that this is all you're going to get during the season, then you try and tune yourself to maximize or, and optimize use of that particular mm. thing that you get. Yeah. Yeah. So, coming back to you, Waikere, has Papa Toy Toy always been your community? Uh, yeah, in a way. I guess um, I'm from Otara, but Papa Toy Otara mm. uh, sort of seen as one area. We sort of have this arranged marriage, I guess, that, <laughs> that happens between Papa Toy and Otara. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I've been in South Auckland most of my life, and I guess I'm passionate about, you know, how do we showcase what we do out south, and 
uh, Papatoi was presented to us with this opportunity um, to utilize the space. So uh, we sort of just hopped over the motorway and and, and started to test things in, in that community. Yeah, so mm. it's been awesome. So what were you doing before you got involved with Papatoi Toi Food Hub? Um, I have a organization called The Roots Creative Entrepreneur. So that's been going since... Uh, 2013, um, background as an architect, but I uh, have a master's in uh, being a tutu or hotutu. <laughs> um, so yeah, we and, and we're all about inspiring the next generation through creativity and sustainability. So um, that was the journey that um, I was taking before jumping on Popato Food Hub. Um, but I saw the connections and the synergies around um, know, looking after our community, helping our people and seeing how we can um, grow together and, and create things that are sustainable for things mm. and for people out south. So Okay. And Raju, when did you move to the New Zealand when did you move to the New Zealand? When did you move to New Zealand? And like how did you get to be involved within the local Papa Toy Toy community? Oh, I came to paradise. I would rather call it Terminus Paradise. <laughs> yes. uh, back in uh, 1989, so it's about 31 years that I've lived here. Um, uh, I hail from the southern part of India, um, a city called Chennai. It used to be called Madras when I lived. Mm. Um, that's where I come from. Uh, the land of dosas. Yeah, the land of dosas. <laughs> the land of tamarind and dosas, yeah. Mm. Um, so uh, that's uh, my background. I come from there and been here since and uh, this home definitely home yeah. yeah and what were you doing before you got involved with the Papa Toy Toy Food Hub a uh, whole variety of things um, I was actually I uh, did a stint with the Ministry of Social Development for about 14 years um, and then I became a consultant uh, contractor uh, so basically self-employed and uh, worked with a couple of organizations I worked with Healthy Families it's a Ministry of Health initiative working uh, alongside a few communities here, here and there in trying to encourage garden to table concept uh, we in, in initiated garden to table concept with the Takanini Sikh temple um, and the Al Madina Muslim school and so on and so forth so started working with people really in a nutshell okay and so um what exactly is the Papa Toy Toy Food Hub? Like, can you tell me a little bit about who the partners are and how did it get started, Vaikari? Yeah, um, so I guess Papa Toy Food Hub is a community-led social enterprise which focuses on uh, providing healthy, nutritious kai at affordable prices. And um, so that's the co-papa, so mm. there's lots that sort of come under that. And for us, we're trying to bring it bring out our unique uh, way of looking at kai. So as you can see, we're sort of different ethnicities and what does kai mean to us individually. So we try to showcase some of that um, through what we do at Food Hub. So for example, um, doing things like hangis and, and teaching people, but also letting that be available for our community to come and try and test. So yeah, I guess... I'm sure someone else could jump in. <laughs> <laughs> I did the one-liner. Yeah, it's basically uh, trying to bring, bring back the indigenous uh, kai to the f foreground. Um, what's happened is over, over the years, as we all know, we've, we've all uh, kind of uh, reverted back to what's happening in today's world. Everybody wants everything instant. It's all processed food and it's all the crap that comes out of the supermarkets. And, and that there's basically amazing access to 
bad food and real bad access to good food mm. so which is what we want which is where we ventured out and we were initiated by I mean this, this was actually conceptualized by TSI and healthy families uh, TSI being the southern initiative uh, arm of Auckland council um, they uh, engaged with Panuku and uh, enabled uh, the use of the space that we are in at the moment, the netball court. So they basically conceptualized it, brought us in the space, and and uh, and then they've kind of biodegraded since. Um, like they don't they don't call the shots. We run the show. We the community is basically driving the whole mm-hmm. initiative, um, and we've uh, it's grown legs and arms, and we've uh, basically sh- molded and shaped it to what the community needs. Mm-hmm. So initially, it was just a, um, a bare skeleton concept as to create a food hub because the space is there and there was there's a sprawling community gardens right next door so the idea was to get fresh produce from there and and channel it through our kitchens to the people so when you say it's a food hub there is like a cafe there that people can come Absolutely. and eat yep. and then what else do you guys what are the, some of the other things that you guys do um, we are, uh, well, we haven't done hell of a lot of uh, other things as yet because, as you know, it's work in progress. It's it is community driven, so uh, it all happens at different pace as mm-hmm. as we get the pro- right energy around. Um, we are progressing. We have uh, since since inception, as I should say, we started off as a cafe that celebrates our various ethnicities and a true reflection of our community. And uh, from there on, what we've also started doing is composting. We've, 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 okay. We're showcasing an amazing composting system there, which generally doesn't happen in cafes, uh, you know, other than normal cafes. You don't have, uh, uh, a, 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 what do you call, a way to process your waste as such. It just goes with the general waste and uh, clogs our landfills. So... In that, we've actually started a composting system. We are all about repurposing um, uh, materials that are not being, uh, you know, that, that would otherwise go to waste. Um, so it's about making, creating more opportunities. We want to create a whole lot of other social enterprises through this. Mm-hmm. One could be from composting. The other could be growing kai itself. Um, our setting itself is quite concrete-based. We, we were on a netball court, so you can imagine, a tarmac. Uh, so we can't really grow anything directly on it. So we've uh, um, we partnered with uh, Corrections, who kindly donate us a whole lot of planter boxes so we do uh, elevated off the ground planting and so we want to teach people how to grow their own kai how to use it how to share it and so like there's a special kind of magic that comes from like growing something and then like going and cutting it and cooking with it like you know (laughs) absolutely um i mean i'm not too good maybe i need to come and get some gardening tips from you guys (laughs) i've been (laughs) trying to grow the same herbs and they're like at the same level (laughs) they were when i got them from the plant shop so (laughs) something's going wrong there but um i just i love that and part of the reason i'm doing this is because i want my kids to have that experience that you know like food actually grows in the ground it's not something you get from a plastic bag plastic bag Mm. or the supermarket exactly Um, that's very true it's you 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 hit the nail on the head it is because it is for our tamariki Mm. it is for our young ones that have got no idea what what the real kai is all about Mm. and and that's how far the world has gone thinking that we are advancing we're actually going backwards and i think it when you see like how long it takes the plants to grow and how long it takes you, it, I don't know, I think you get like a better appreciation exactly. for the food that you're eating as well. And yeah. then that automatically leads to lesser waste because you've seen that, oh my God, it's taken me X amount of time to grow this broccoli or how much effort I've had to put in in terms of watering it or, you know. Totally. Um, yeah. 
So on one hand, you're talking about growing fresh kai and, and fresh produce and you know, how you can use it, how best you can use it and, and showcase that. But on the other hand, what what's uh, organically happened in our case is that we managed to form a great partnership with our um, next door supermarket, New World Supermarket. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gentleman that runs the show there or owns the space, Max, is an amazing guy. He uh, He's so uh, he's so in line with our co-papa and uh, our line of sight that he instantly agreed to allow us to use all the surplus produce that he would have. Oh, that's amazing. The produce that doesn't uh, look good in the eye, he can't sell. As you know, supermarkets have real flash stuff because you pay <laughs> top dollars for it. So otherwise, it would have found its way to the landfill. So what we have um, done in the process is that since last September, we've uh, managed to avoid that and divert that uh, surplus to our kitchen where it gets uh, repurposed into amazing kai with great uh, blessed hands of Michelle and team, <laughs> the A-team, and, and we give it to the public. And, and that's probably one of the main reasons why we are able to keep the prices low as well. Mm. Um, so we pass it on to the community that way. And that's, uh, I think that's uh, there's a great uh, sublime message in there about uh, how we share this knowledge with the people as to, you know, you don't have to waste everything. Mm. Um, this wasteful mentality has to go. We all have to, because soon we're going to be all scratching for food and, and uh, running around trying to find food. Yeah. So it's about trying to make the most of what you have. Mm. And um, Michelle, have you always lived in Papatoito? How did you come to be involved with the Food Hub? Oh, um, no, I haven't. Uh, I was born and bred um, in Kingsland. Okay. And then my parents moved to Ōtara uh, on Beards Road, 100 um, Beards Road. Um, so I lived. I think we lived there for about five years and then we moved over to Flatbush mm. um, area. And that's where we bought our first family home. I mean, I got involved with this mahi by the connections um, through Julio. Um, I met Julio at the Cook Island um, or Sedans, which is a development um, place for our Cook Island people. And I was um, the head of the food sector there. And then obviously I left there and then came across these lovely men mm-hmm. um, and um, was asked to be part of Food Hub. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 when they first started, I was there um, for not a very long time and then I ventured away and did what I did and then Raju and Y came and asked me to be part of the team. So, you know, um, what makes a good team is also having a female in between all these men. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and we all, ha- we all hold a, a skill. So mm. I come in and, as Raju has stated, everything that comes through to the white lady, um, I just come up with a menu. Mm. And um, I don't wear a, um, a master chef hat, mm. could I say. I wear a hat of motherhood, mm. being able to cook something out of nothing. Um, and that's what we get through the door. So as soon as the produce comes through, I create a, a dish and then I put that together with our team. Every lady, ladies, mm. that's in the white lady, uh, school students mm. who have just finished their cookery class. It's also people that works in the soup kitchen. Okay. Um, so all the ladies in there hold a different level of cooking, mm. uh, which has an element and ingredient and spice with everything that we do. Um, so as much as they say and look at me as the head chef there, I'm just part of the team. Um, and so far we're doing an amazing job creating great kai from all the organisations that gives us free, you know, produce. They give that with love. We turn that love into a dish that our customers would enjoy when they come through the door. And if I can, you know, be honest, since we've, we've opened... 
everybody that comes through that door enjoys the kai. They always leave with a full puku, yeah. you know. And, and at first, the, the costing that we did with our food was real cheap. Mm. But we're not about being cheap. We're about being healthy, being yep. able to give good kai to family. Mm. Um, I'm a huge um, person who looks at our tamarikis. Mm. As a single mum with five kids, I've got to be able to teach my children how to cook out of a box that's full of nothing, uh, of a produce, but mm. turning that into a good kai. If we don't start teaching our children, they are the ones that are going to suffer um, throughout the years of youth and then being an adult. Mm. Being part of Food Hub has been able to give me that opportunity. And I have met so many people um, that are amazing people that um, give what they know. And you can just imagine a pot of soup. You know, yeah. Raju comes with him, Y comes with his, mm. mine, Julio, healthy families. Mm. Man, when we stir that pot, a lot of love comes out of that pot. Oh. And we do what we have to do for our community. Mm. Um, and Food Hub is a place to come where students can learn. And not just food, uh, customer service, mm. learning how to do barista without a, a debt after that. You know, and life skills for our young people mm. are the best skills that they can carry. And there's so, so many elements there. So in your kitchen, basically, obviously there's you, but are the rest of the people volunteers and to deal with them or is it that they're pretty fixed, like you said? Well, yeah, a, a few of them uh, have been employed. Okay. Um, a few of them, as I said, has become students mm. just to finish off the hours. Now we have um, absorbed them absorbed them, because mm. um, that's where our future is, is in teaching them. They come with a, a experience of pastry. Mm. But for me, I like to le- get them on three different parts of the kitchen yep. and learning the whole of the food concept. And then obviously moving them into customer service and le- learning there as well. Okay. Just on that, um, to, to add to that, it's just a bit of stats and numbers, is that we have, uh, uh, today's date, we've got 15 people that work through that organization and they're all paid in some form or, form or shape. Oh, yeah. that's in fact, amazing. legitimately paid. Mm. Uh, 15 people not full time work obviously we can't provide full time work for all of them because the nature of the industry Um, but we do have four young ones that do uh, at least 30 hours and there's quite a few people that do a minimum of at least 20 hours yeah. and all these people like Michelle said and I can't reiterate that anymore it's the fact that uh, they all have come with different skill sets they come from different backgrounds in fact we have a lady that um, was made redundant from Air New Zealand that's come and joined our crew and, and she basically came with a passion to learn to teach her own whanau and to uh, you know mm. good living and all that um, and then we thought that the best way she could learn is by uh, hands on So she's part of the crew. And then there's an accountant that left Becca. She got made runner from Becca, chief accountant there. She's joined our crew. She's a chef there. (laughs) Oh, that's Uh, amazing. (laughs) So this is what I'm saying. This is an ever-evolving space. And we're all about uh, um, creating that space for people to come and um, harness their own skills and hone their own skills as well as learn new skills and be a part of the whānau because the whole thing is run on whānau base. Um, We are all uh, interconnected that way. and, And we just respect and love each other. Mm. And share that. So um, I think, Michelle, you mentioned uh, the white lady. So just for our listeners to understand, um, could you just tell us a little bit about your kitchen setup and uh, tell us <laughs> what that is exactly? <laughs> well, <laughs> when we've got the white lady, you, you can literally just walk through her quite, you know. Mm. Um, but with so many bodies in there, she be- she has become a little bit small for, mm. for us, but the incubator that we have had with the white lady has been amazing. Uh, we had to look at a uh, few the uh, like refrigeration 
Mm. Um, so when you started, that that food truck was all that you guys had as the kitchen space. Yeah, yes, it came along. At the, but but the same time as when we got the hold of the uh, building, the club rooms is when we realized that again was a handshake. But uh, that was uh, organized by uh, TSI Healthy Families mm. and uh, their relationship with the Washer family that owns the iconic white lady that runs downtown. So it's the original white lady that we proudly possess now and. Kind of, we kind of very lovingly call her the brown lady because she has come, <laughs> she has come down south. I love that. Yeah, she, after after 13 hours of um, uh, road uh, road travel, she made it uh, to us, and we have safekeeping because they were looking for a place to park her and and uh, so that they can get a new one in its place. And they do mm. have a new one in its place, but we have the original. Yeah. We have the original white lady since uh, operating since 1948. So yeah, wow, a piece of history with us. Yeah, and she serves as a community kitchen, like Michelle yeah. said it's incubation kitchen that that's what we use uh, currently using as a kitchen um, we're slowly working work in progress in terms of uh, increasing our prep space and so on and so forth so that we can accommodate the petite uh, people that work with us mm. and, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she's been amazing and uh, when you guys started why like how did you uh, spread the word you know like obviously one aspect of it is running the cafe but then how do you get the people to the cafe <laughs> yeah that's that's I, I guess you know that's what we been um, finding a bit of bit of a challenge, uh, I think, because we're not uh, right in uh, people's vision or mm. line of sight, and we're sort of tucked away somewhere. So we have to really work hard to really promote what we're doing, and and then figure out how to how to get them down to us. So um, you know, but most of it's been organic. You know, it's just opened the gate. We started with uh, we didn't have a food control plan when we first started, so we couldn't sell anything. So it was just koha and you know, door knocking, mm. uh, working with Max next door with New World. So we had flyers and promotions going out from New World as well. So a lot of it's on Facebook. So Facebook or Instagram, we sort of have an account where we push things out. So, mm. um, yeah, and we've just sort of met yesterday with our advisory board looking at our, our, our new marketing strategy moving forward. So, um, yeah, you know, it's... Still in work in progress. Um, you know, we would love to get a bit more busier. Mm. Um, hopefully something like this helps us today. So, yeah, of course. You know, getting, getting the message out there. So, um, yeah, we just... Yeah. And is it a place where people can, like, when you say it's a cafe, is it like a sit-down cafe um, and people can yeah. come have and some yeah. yeah, We can comfortably accommodate about 25 to 30 people seated uh, inside the cafe uh, itself. Mm. And our netball court is humongous, as you can imagine. It's a double netball court, so it's open space and perfectly appropriate during summer times and amazing uh, daylight saving times and so on and so forth. It's very useful that way. Um, we are looking at outside shelters as well, so we can run workshops in that from outside. Mm. Uh, but we can comfortably accommodate 25, 30 people, and uh, if people align with us, then we can accommodate a lot more. Um, okay. Mm. And you guys do those kind of like weekend special menu, not weekend, but I know you guys have like a, almost like a daily rotating special menu kind of thing as well, right? Or did you have did you have that previously? Because I remember seeing that on your Facebook page. Yeah, mm. we did have um, originally, yeah, when we first started and went fully into operating Five days a week, we sort of had one day where we had each meal, and I think that was more in response to COVID at the time. Okay. Um, and then I guess now that we've sort of moved past that and we've developed the team and grown the team, that now we've expanded the menu um, to go across the week instead of 
those in particular days. Makes sense because about. then there's yeah. less waste and you can That's right. like um, yeah. repurpose the food. Yeah. yeah. And and also we do have uh, specials for the day or uh, you know we do have uh, stuff like and that's basically relative to what Michelle's received from the repurposing. Mm. So she puts her thinking cap and immediately converts it into something and that becomes a special for the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically okay. thinking. Oh, okay, feet. And um, Michelle, I think when I first called Raju, he said you were busy doing some catering. So do you guys do catering as well? <laughs> well, yes. Through this with Raju, that's his expertise. He is the man that goes out and, and um, get catering. But actually, he really doesn't have to go out. They actually come to him. Mm. Um, and um, we, we get catering while well, we get busy. And we're still busy um, with um, upcom- upcoming catering. Mm. Um, and that helps us with our co-papa to keep us, you know, totally. yeah, mm. keep us going. So there's always ways where we can move forward to be able to keep our food hub, you know, active. Mm. Looking at the sustainability of the whole co-papa and, and, mm. and this initiative, it's very important that we do get support from uh, the corporates and semi-corporates and, and the businesses and, and so on and so forth because that's what is going to keep us sustained. Mm. Um, end of the day, as you would look at, as you would look at the pricing and that, it's very reasonable, yeah, um, extremely reasonable actually. So um, and and uh, and we did have uh, afterthoughts and whatnot after uh, communicating with our advisory board, who who realised that we are actually not charging people right. Mm. Um, but in the bo- the bottom of it is that we want to make it affordable for the common man. Yeah, um, and the common man doesn't earn hell of a lot. Yeah, um, and they have to do hold on to two three jobs to actually make ends meet. So taking all that into account, we want to be able to be in a situation where we're able to provide to the community, and that can be sustained only with the continuous help of all these various corporate groups. Okay. So, yeah. So that leads me nicely to my next question: that because you're working with so many groups, like you know, you said there's TSI, Healthy Families, and yeah. so many other people involved, is it hard like managing all the expectations of all the different partners, or do they um, kind of leave you to do your magic? Yeah, um, I guess uh, at first, you know, working, we got to acknowledge, you know, Panaku, TSI, mm-hmm. South Families for, I guess, getting the ball rolling. And mm. then I guess along the way, we've picked up other partners um, that support the Kopapa. Um So people like New World, uh, Max from New World, um, new partnership with BBM, um, which is Brown Butterbean and their crew. Um, also Papatua Nukumara, and they've got a, a big event next weekend called Te Ahi Kamo, um, which is all around a fire festival and celebrating food with fire. So we're supporting them. And I guess partnerships is 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 is, is, is a one way of saying it, but I think it's like true collaboration is, mm. is where it's mm-hmm. at. So um yeah, we've had a, we've been blessed to be able to partner with a lot of amazing people that are doing awesome things and I think it's instead of us being in our silos, it's all around how do we come together for the greater good of our community. Okay, yeah. So just to wrap up, I mean, Raju, you guys started in 2018 and it's been about two years now. So can you maybe tell me how you have, since that initial idea came about, um, how you've grown? I think we already kind of spoke about that, that you guys are uh, growing, you know, um, trying out new things. But what what's the kind of plan and the vision yeah. for the future? Well, considering uh, we moved in there into that space in 2018 and it was an absolute shell. And thanks to the amazing capacity and capability of my brother here that uh, we, we man- he managed to convert it into a very 
beautiful place when you that's why I invited you there in the first place and yeah. you should come and experience it experiential feel is absolutely different and I mean, there are so many sagas that we can narrate to you when you're there because yeah. it's all <laughs> happening there on an everyday basis well like i said it was nothing it was absolutely nothing it was a dead space yeah essentially because you said it was like what Locked you got a, like you got years. a netball court and you and got club room. um and like an old food truck and you know yeah. you made it into like a kind of lively space which has its own absolutely um atmosphere yeah so that that in itself is an amazing achievement as far as i mean if you if you uh, gauging any success or uh, anything like that i mean that's a good parameter to go by because it was a space that wasn't hardly uh, ventured into for 3 years and then we suddenly create life in there and we have people coming through and having good food uh, we have mood mountains i can see that but there's huge a lot, lot, very long way to go as well mm. um, as far as future goes um but, uh, the aspiration that the three of us have is that when our tamariki and when our fana actually say bugger going to mcdonald's bugger going to kfc we want to go to the food hub or something similar to the food hub that's actually providing this mm. amazing good kai at this amazing price yep. um that's a, a, that's a real win because we really want to reach our vulnerable people we really want to reach the yep. reach those people that do not know good from bad yep. and it's not their fault they they've just been they just do what they can do I think what you said there is important cuz I only re- I mean so I was working with the kitchen project recently and that's how I kind of it struck me that if you live out south Auckland there actually isn't that many I mean so there's like your McDonald's Burger King KFC but there's not actually that many places where you can like go hang out with someone like you know all the fancy restaurants or I mean they're very fancy and mm. then therefore they're like not in south Auckland Affordable, yeah. or it's the fact that it's there but maybe you know it's not the kind of place you go with your family yeah. um it's potentially maybe just like a sports bar or something you know like if i think back raju maybe you know this but in mumbai i grew up in a parsi colony so that had its oh, yeah. own like a parsi gymkhana what we used to call yeah. but it was like a place that you know like the kids went they hung out there Safe you space. played sports there yeah. and you were just kind of there and yep. you know you'd eat the cheap food there i mean to me talking to you this reminds me of that you know like it's this place where you go mm. hang out with your friends and yep. have some kai learn something new absolutely yeah. well, food hub for example i mean it's an it's a total insp- uh, inspiring space you come there you spend half an hour or so i mean every single person that's been there whether they had the kai or not just understanding what we're trying to do out of nothing Mm. um it makes people really feel good inside and then they say oh this is amazing we can do this or i'm feeling inspired so that's that's actually a great vibe to create mm. yeah. um and social inclusion is what we are all trying to uh, get to because we keep talking about um mental um um illness mm. and uh, so if you want to uh, approach mental wellness then social inclusion is one of the biggest yep. uh, challenges that we face and i think creating hubs like these where the community is solely uh, involved like we we have all these people that are so closely knit I mean we they came from different parts but we're also closely knit and and it creates a great bond and it that's the kind of infectious uh, uh, um, uh, aura that you want mm. so that's uh, quite amazing Yeah. and I just th- I guess when I think about the question you said what's the future you know we were only given 18 months to prototype and test something we're now at two years and Panuku and TSI have seen what we're doing so they're talking about giving us another four years to keep oh, keep awesome. this model going but as I just want to touch on that like for us it's about developing this model food hub and being able to put this and replicate this into other communities I think 
for us, the opportunity was presented to us at Popotoi, but we feel that other communities will benefit from having a food hub in their community, for instance, in... In, in Takanini, where yeah, I stay? Yeah, yeah, Takanini, Takanini, Otara is in need for... Yeah, so we've had lots of local boards and yeah. come over and see what we're doing to see Mangere. if they can Mangere. help yeah. Yeah, replicate something similar or their version of food hub. Mm. So for us, it's about it's been a privilege to be able to just work with these amazing people and, and yeah. to be able to prototype and test something yeah. and like create community. a kind of blueprint that yeah. other communities can use to kind of make something like I know I mean I stay in Takanini and a big thing is it's amazing there's so many young families there but everyone's kind of in their own little mm. you know silo in their home and That's I it. just wish like the one thing I miss about India is just that kind of that neighborhood feeling you know like you just mm. know what you everyone's know exactly up to who, who <laughs> um, five, five houses away and you yeah. know who, their name their grandson's yeah. name or child and you played with them yeah no uh, that that that's that was one thing that struck me, and it still stri- strikes me for the last thirty years. The fact that it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, my neighbors, for example, they turn their face away when you <laughs> drive over. Come on. It kind of <laughs> happened during lockdown. I mean, you know, people just started coming out more mm. on the streets, and they were talking to each other. But again, now that we've gone back to life with normal, it's just kind of disappeared. But so yeah, I think that's why I mean, like having this kind of communal space where everyone comes together, and yeah. you know. Yeah. What that uh, throws light on is the fact that you don't have to wait for a pandemic to get you to actually yeah. wake up. Uh, and we we, uh, we we feel very f- proud that we, we are woken up a lot. We, we actually woke up qu- quite a while ago. Uh, <laughs> um, because uh, a lot of people are talking about good food, the way you live, how, and know your neighbors, and all this now after the pandemic, whereas this has been our center yeah. uh, of, of focus for the, for the last two years and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And we've always dreamt this for the community. And it's just um, such a shame to have a lot of spaces unused, a lot of tax-paid uh, spaces unused and underutilized when it can be turned into something like this for the community. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the main points that we are trying to make here is that, you know, these places can be used. These, these can be benefiting the community that it was actually originally meant for. And how do you do it? Leave it to the community. The community are the best people to drive it. Yeah. Uh, you just need to find the right people and then they then the rest is history. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wish you all the best with your Copa. I just think it's amazing what you guys are doing and um, definitely coming out there. Maybe we can do a curry night. Yeah. <laughs> Every night. Mm. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to come in and yeah. share okay. our story. But before I get you guys to wrap up, we're going to do one last question and yep. that one's called the Fast Food Five. And so that's five fast questions that I ask you all about food. So first thing that comes into your mind, okay? okay. <laughs> so, so All of us bring up an answer at the same time? And, or? Um, yeah, we can do it that way, actually. So no one has time to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> good good, good strategy, uh, Roger. <laughs> I was just thinking that I can slip out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, ready to go? Okay, the one thing that you love about living or working at Papa Toy Toy? People. You can't say, hmm, you need another one. (laughs) (laughs) That was my one. Um, Community? Yeah, what about you, Raju? It's, uh, does it it have to be one word? No, it doesn't have to be one word. Because I normally speak in paragraphs. (laughs) I I uh, I'm just moved by the genuineness of the people. Uh, mm. They uh, the the genuine. You can also see the genuine need, and you can also see the genuine offering they have. Mm. That's what um, is amazing. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
So the one thing that you serve at the Papa Toy Toy Food Hub that everyone should come and try some. Oh, hangis are very well. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking that actually. I was like, mm, I need to go have some hangi because oh, I've just only had the one. Pack. I've only had the <laughs> kind of stereotypical one out at like maybe once at Rotorua. You know, I've never had like a genuine, like a mm. nice one. Mm. So, well, we yeah. make um, vegetarian. Mm. Pepitoito is on the way to Takanini. Yeah. <laughs> so, drop by and I'll have a pack ready for you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Um, but yeah, hangi is definitely uh, mm. sought after, and, uh, and we're slowly fine-tuning the art and, and getting uh, good at it. Uh, we've got four generations working together on it, so that in itself is amazing love. We've got yeah. an 85-year-old Papa Scott that uh, uh, runs the show with, with us boys. You know, and, uh, We've got an 18-year-old that's constantly learning from him. So... Uh, I know I'm not being absolutely direct about the food itself because there are so many components that make that food amazing, and mm. this is part of it. Mm. Um, uh, my one is the juices that we that mm. we produce, our fenua blast. Um, everything is fresh, okay. obviously using the produce that we've been given by New World. Mm. Um, everybody always compliments um, on our juices. Okay, that's nice. What what is a fenua blast? That sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. just getting hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Fenua blasters, uh, beetroot, what else is in there? Um, ginger, ginger, beetroot, ginger, celery, Carrot. orange, um, carrots, apple. Mm. Mm, that sounds nice. <laughs> Yum. Yummy. <laughs> All right. Okay, Raju, if you were a fruit, which one would you be? Banana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Versatile. Be- because... Uh, because I just love the plant in itself because it's mm. useful uh, head to toe. Yeah, uh, it's one uh, probably one of the only plants that's actually useful in its many and many ways. And um, fun fact about bananas is that I heard that um, India at one given point had six hundred different varieties mm. of bananas mm. growing there, and it's such a shame that we now just sell the one type. Um, or maybe there's like three or four types that we sell, but I was just like shocked, like that we had 600 different types Imagine. of bananas, like native bananas that were available. Wow! And each one had its own, yeah, like yeah. use, yeah. Even before I left India, when I I remember having tasted so many different varieties, yeah, mm. back then. Okay, this one's not becoming a fast question, but <laughs> all right, <laughs> Michelle, what's Mine's your pineapple? Pineapple. Mm. Oh yeah, that's what I associate with like. <laughs> so stereotypical, though. <laughs> yeah, pineapple would be mine. Mm. Something that you can utilize in cooking. Juice, pineapple mm. pies. Yeah, she's pretty yeah, all, on the outside sort of and soft on the yeah. outside. <laughs> well said. <laughs> and you? Um, I would say a watermelon. A watermelon. Mm, yeah. Oh, nice. Mm. Nice. nice, big and juicy. People. <laughs> <laughs> and seeds that you can plant that can grow. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's a good one. All right, sugar, salt, or spice? The one thing you can't live without? Salt. Salt? Mm. You, Michelle? Pepper. Sugar. Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> what a combo. <laughs> that's why we had a combo. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And final question. The one thing we will always find in your kitchen, like at home or at, at the hub, like the one thing that you can't live without in your kitchen? Knife. A knife? Oh, yeah. Good sharp knife. Yeah. Well, my one would have to be pots. Pots. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Mine would be the kettle. 
Oh, <laughs> nice man after my own heart. I think by about 11, I'm already on like my sixth or seventh cup of tea. When I was pregnant, that was like the longest nine months of my life. Oh. So I was like only having like two cups, and I was like, so I made the cup like as big, <laughs> big as I could. <laughs> and my staff was like, um, it's still the same thing if you're having like two massive cups. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, guys, for awesome. coming. Yeah, it was you. just lovely chatting with you and yeah I just wish you all the best and hopefully we'll have many different food hubs all across South Island uh, sorry South, South Auckland very soon yeah that's the goal thank you awesome. so thank much you. for the opportunity well, we really hope that this uh, reaches many ears and, and, and many people wake up to the fact that there is amazing things happening in our community South Auckland uh, it's normally a given up space people think that oh, who would go to South Auckland but it's absolutely amazing mm. it's a part of gold really um, so come and get the nuggets we are, we are out there uh, right opposite New World um, the New World Car Park, the newly built New World, the Flash One, um, in Old Papatoito, right next to Alan Brewster Leisure Centre. Uh, come and find us, or just come, go to the top of the mountain and yell out, Food Hub! And we'll respond to you. Um, please do come, it's an amazing space. If not for the car, come and come for the people. The people are even more amazing. Um, we would love to have you there. And thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Kiwi Foodcast. Brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Be sure to listen in next time for another helping of Kiwi Food Stories.